0: You're now listening to the River Claremont Podcast. A couple Sundays back, I preached a message along the lines of fulfilling God's plan. Do you care for what God cares about? I'm talking about the, the original purpose of God with the church was to cast out demons, to lay hands on the sick, and to preach the gospel. I want to add to that a fourth one that we were called to make disciples. That means that you take your life, whatever you gain, whatever knowledge, whatever wisdom, whatever compassion, and you pour into another person, amen, building a relationship with that person to disciple them, whether that be in spiritual matters, prayer matters, family matters, uh, business matters, discipling, cultivating, instilling in them the wisdom that you've paid a price to gain, God wants to to pour out, as the Bible says, freely you've received, Therefore, freely give. Amen. Amen. And so discipleship is recognizing whatever God pours into me. It's my job to find a way to pour that back out of me. That's number one. You're not going to make disciples unless you become a winner of souls. Every church member, this is not something that evangelists alone are meant to do. The evangelist is meant to train you to win souls. You should be a soul winner. Amen. Amen. If you have gone years of your life and not led someone to the Lord, then I challenge you this week, break that fear off of your life. Go out of your way, talk to someone about the goodness of God, lead them in the prayer of repentance and acceptance of Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and watch what the Lord will begin to do. Amen. Amen. You're meant to do that. But today, I want to talk about the church. We are obviously, I I guess, where I'm leaning with this is I recognize what's always churned in me. You know, is like I I see I'm, 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 I'm maybe as people have said when I first came here wasn't really a pastor. More like an evangelist heart, a fiery evangelist type person. And I've grown uh, in my capacity to, number one, honor and love the body of Christ. I love the church. I love it's the bride of Christ. I love that it is God's plan A. That the church is meant to be a strong place of families and believers that can influence the city and the county around them. We're meant to do that. That is God's plan A. That's why you see churches on every street corner. That's why we pray God put the glory of heaven back in the churches in this hour. That people would stand righteous and bold uh, and and see the hand of God change this nation in a glorious way. And so when I'm leaning into this, recognize number one, this is a local church. In our core of our DNA by the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, we're a local church which means we can can have a vision for souls to go to the nations. We can have a desire to go overseas. We can do all of these things. But if we don't let it be something that changes our community, what is it all about? Amen. You go out. You travel. You sharpen yourself. But ultimately, this is God's plan A for Claremont and Lake County to see the glory of God erupt in this region. We have a responsibility. We're the church. We are the church. We're meant to preach the gospel. We're meant to lay hands on the sick. We're meant to sometimes punch them, apparently. <laughs> Who in here has ever punched a person when you prayed for them? Raise your hand. All right, a couple of us. You're in, you're in right company. See, Tammy, you're not even a radical in this church. So if somebody's like, that's how I got married. <laughs> That's how I got married. Amen. That's awesome. But I want to talk to you today about some of the benefits of a strong local church. How many people realize there are benefits to doing things God's way? I mean, who really believes that? Like, If you go after God, there are benefits regularly in altar calls. I tell people, if you give God a year of your life, truly give it to Him, where you honor His Word, you read His Word, you show up at church, you let yourself be surrounded by believers, in a year you will not recognize your life, because it will get sweeter, it will get better, it will be the best life you've had up until then, and the glory of it all is, it never runs dry. Wherever you are right now, a year from now, it can be better, because that's our God. If you believe it, shout Amen. And so there's benefits to doing things God's way. God doesn't just make up arbitrary rules to see if He can twist your arm into obedience. Everything He lays out scripturally is for your benefit too. Come on. Do you believe it? If you believe it, say amen. Amen. So one of the benefits of of belonging to a church is its family. Shout family. We're a family. I mean, look around at your brothers, your sisters, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles. You belong to a family. Family is there for you. Right? When you get married, your kids get married, there's an army of a family that shows up. They bake cakes. They make cookies. They do cameras. I mean, you'll never lack anything if you belong to a church. Your car breaks down. There's eight mechanics in the church. And half of them will do it for free because you're a family member. It's crazy how the church works. The church is the most powerful resource on planet Earth. We have the most finances available, the greatest wisdom available, all the skills and talents. It's in the church of Jesus Christ. You're looking for it, it's sitting right here among us. Come on. It's a family. Families are weird. Let's talk about it a little while. Families are weird. Families can get under your skin more than anybody can get under your skin. Families know the trigger button. Family knows your history. Family brings up stories at inopportune times. Family puts up photos of themselves. (laughs) Says you're not going to believe Captain Sunshine. That's family. We make fun of each other. You need it too. You're getting too pig-headed anyways. You you think too highly of you need to get around me because I'll tear you down in a week. And thank God for family, because people get me. I'm the most sarcastic, and people are like, you're a pastor? I, I'm working on me. <laughs> half of what I say has spiritual value. The other half, I'm making fun of your haircut, but it's okay. <laughs> Deep down, I love you. I wouldn't If I didn't love you, I wouldn't make fun of you. And I can I can receive what I dish out. I don't mind it. And so families, that's family. You desire, you should be in a family. It's really valuable. Now, there's many people in there that you have 17 cousins. You know what I'm saying, Glow? And, and it, all Puerto Ricans, they take over the world. You know what I'm saying? When a Puerto Rican family shows up, they show up. Lay out a couple, you know, they're not even, they don't even use the word family. It's clan. Pouring out. No, but there's some people with strong families, but there's not everybody in here has a strong family. My family's all in Tennessee. I, I, re- I get to see them maybe once a year if I can get myself up to Tennessee to, to spend time with them, but ultimately, I'm not sitting at home feeling lonely all the time because I have a family. You guys text me just more than my brother. My brother, I'll talk to, I have to reach out to him. You guys will text me at one o'clock in the morning. I got family, you know what I'm saying? I have a huge family. We ride deep up in here, amen? You belong to a family. If you don't feel like you belong to a family, you're doing church wrong. Why do you think we do serve team? Not because we're trying to just make everybody work all the time, you know, show up, put on your dickies and get to work. We do it because it, it instantly gets you connected. Your greatest relationships in life are ultimately co-workers. Yeah. That's why a lot of people's lifelong friends were people they worked with or they went to school with because you spent time with them. Yeah. Well, God, you can do that here at the church. Amen. Yeah. Link arms. Go out there and sweat in this heat. You'll bond, you'll bond with a person if you do parking ministry, I promise. Because no one else in the church will ever get what you've been through. Right. It's like, brother, we get Jewels. These people are ushers. Look at them in the air conditioning, which air conditioning is not working good today. But if you sit through the service, I promise there will be a reward afterwards. Amen. Maybe we can send someone to get some of those firecracker pops. But it's a family. You belong to a family. The Bible talks about that. Jesus, when his mother and his brothers came to him, Jesus actually said, well, who is my mother and who is my brothers? My brothers and my mother are those that actually do the will and the work of the Father. Amen. And so this is actually your family, blood family. Say amen. amen. You have a blood family. They are diverse. They are from every walks. They speak different languages. Come on, they shout at you. They lay hands on you. They show up at your house at random times. You, they make you babysit their dogs. I mean, that's church, you know what I'm saying? You would be bored if you didn't have this family. You'd be sitting at home wishing you had a relationship, but when you have a strong church family with you, man, you don't want for anything. You have plenty of pets to take care of. You hold babies you don't even know their name, and they throw up on you. It's great. I have a family. One of them baptized me today. There's some babies in this family that once they arrive, the parents no longer get to hold their kids at all. They have to leave the church property to get their kid back. That's church. You know what I'm saying? Oh, give me that. You know, and then after that, they just, they don't even think about it. Where's my kid? I don't know. Someone's got them. Hopefully they're feeding them. It's precious, man. It really is precious that you begin to see that, just how family, they, their oldest son got married yesterday here. It was a beautiful wedding. And I watched their first dance and I'm like nearly tearing up like, you know, like, like feeling like the emotions of my firstborns getting married. He's not even mine. you know. He's leaving the nest. He doesn't even live with me. God be with him. God be with him. But looking past him to my oldest daughter that's in the wedding, they get right around the corner. You know, I'm going to have the daddy-daughter dance, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's going to be looking at me. That's family, amen? Thank God for family. You belong. That's why they, we came up with those corny church slogans that everybody put on a sign. You belong here, because you do. You actually made to belong to a family, the family of God. You might have had the worst dad ever imaginable, abuse you, cussed you out and beat you, but now that you're in this family, your dad is awesome. Amen? You might, have been, you might have been cast out, thrown aside, and never had anybody. But when you get to a church family, you got people that will show up when you need them to show up. Amen? You need some strong people in there. Sometimes some of these people are from the south side of the kingdom. Amen. That's the thing about you. People don't understand what a church is. When my father-in-law got death threats, half of his congregants are coming from the inner city of Tampa. They're showing up with nine millimeters in their back pocket like, Pastor, we got your back. <laughs> like, you don't know what the church is. The church is not this hunky-dory little babysitting place. We, we got some warriors up in church, yeah. taekwondo masters, I mean, police next to gangbangers in church every Sunday. Yeah. I see what you're doing. You probably should stop that. Okay, all right. When I was in, when I actually was in trouble with the law, because my dad was going to church at that time and had a relationship with the chief investigator, it actually kept me from getting a felony charge. Not that I wasn't planning on going into that for church today, <laughs> but thank God for that. My life would be totally different That's right. if my dad hadn't had a church family that was the chief investigator. Mikhail, you're here. Get up here. <laughs> family. He's going to the ramp, too. We're going to pray over this man. You believe in God for anything in particular this time? Um, <clears throat> just for more direction and just to grow into the purpose and plan God has for me. So, yeah. Come on. Come on. Stretch forth your hands to him. Man, I thank you for this mighty man. I thank you his steps are ordered by you. Put such a resolute steadfastness of faith in this man. That he would walk his steps. He would not take a step till he knows it's you. And when he takes it, he would step with the absolute confidence that all of heaven steps with him. Father, I declare he'll lack nothing all the days of his life. He's seen it played out, the blessing and the favor of God in his own household. That comes upon him. It will be passed from him to his kids and his children's children. Thank you, Lord, as he goes. You protect him you pour into him, and every heart's desire that he has as he leans into your presence will be poured into him in this season. In Jesus' name we declare it. Amen. Amen. Love you, bro. Proud of you, man. You have a family in church. The Bible says, dear brothers and sisters, greet each other with a holy kiss. So I want you to just turn to your neighbor right now. Whoa we're not that kind of family, are we? Amen. (laughs) There are some cultures that still do that. It is kind of awkward in America. We like our bubble space. Amen. Anybody ever been kissed on the lips in church as you were greeted? That's the kind of stuff that marks you. Actual true story. I just feel like we're family today. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 what's the matter with you? Eh? I actually learned something very valuable because when your daughter starts dating, all the men are like, let me get guns and show, you know, show up and clean my pistol in front of the young man to just let him know I mean business. When I started dating Kirsten, she brought me before her dad. He's been my pastor. He's, I mean, he's a man of God, very bold. I don't know what why he did this but she was like this is Caleb and he stands up he grabs me like godfather right on the lips and then looks me in the eyes and he pats my cheek and walks away bro uh, that struck the fear of God in me I'm like you you are up here I am down here so I know what to do some dude comes up to Taylor I'm gonna strike the fear of God in that guy Hey, you sleeping with the fishes, hey. (laughs) I told him he did that. He said, I did that. I did that. It's like, bro, you did it. It scared the, the, the bejesus out of me. Amen. I don't know what bejesus is, but I hope it's not bad. Dad, you're welcome. You'll strike the fear of god in every young man with that. Play the Godfather theme behind you. Na, 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 na. Welcome, Luigi. <laughs> Benefits to church. You have a family. If you can't threaten the person after your daughter, we got some guys in here that can. Come on. Where's the men at? Amen. We'll show up in great number, just so you know. This one. You know, actual fact, there's truth in that because if you, unfortunately, it's a wicked world we live in. It's evil. And if you really actually just study the trafficking rings, they target people without family because no one will miss them. And so it's easy to take them. When you roll eight, you know, 800 strong, your family's deep. Yeah. It's hard for the devil to mess with you because you have a family that's there with you. Amen. And family has a way. When you go through stuff, strangers aren't really aware of it. Family picks up on those things. Right. Right. You know, and then they, then they have the obnoxious behavior to dig it out. Right. That's family. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you okay? You're really okay? Come on, let's talk about it. you okay? All right you got to have family. Another benefit to the church as a whole is you actually have a covering. Say covering. covering. That's a spiritual truth that there is covering in the body of Christ in multiple areas of your life. But when you have a covering over you, it changes everything. Even what I just said about a child raised up in their home, a solid home has a covering over them. That kid's not being raised, you know, with the destruction of this world and things like that. They're raised in a different environment where they don't spend their life feeling like, you know, beat down victims. They, they actually just dream and blossom. Well, church is a place that you have a covering. That covering is a prayer covering. Shout prayer. prayer. How many people realize prayer actually works? Yes. Newsflash. It works. And it's not that you need 700 people praying for you because God does greater things if a majority prays. It's that in the number, there's someone that actually has the faith and the compassion to pray it through with fervency. Fervency is where prayer is powerful. Yes. Come on. And that's what church family is. You have a family, you have a covering, a prayer covering. People are praying for you. You know, my father in law, look at what the Lord has done in his life. The River Tampa's flourished, blossomed, been around the world. 80 times over, seen stadiums packed. Do you know that he regularly tells us, because of where he lives, he lives up 301, up in Bushnell, so then when he goes to his church, he has to pass Highway 50. When he passes Highway 50, he says, I wind up praying the whole time I'm driving to my church for the River Claremont. Yeah. Come on. We have a prayer covering. Amen. Amen. How do you see the hand of God in seven years take you from a million and a half in debt, can't pay any bills, bill collectors calling, no salary for us, to seven years later, debt-free, renovated, everything <laughs> blossoming, 20 people turned into several hundred. Because when you have a prayer covering, things are accelerated. Amen. What a person is pioneered and pressed in for, they can declare over your life, and there's a supernatural release. Thank God for coverings. Amen. Amen. It's, it's entirely different when you go out and you're like, I'm going to try this, to where there's a covering upon you that is sending you out to do it. Even Scripture says in Romans, how will they know unless someone is, you know, tells them and preaches it, but how will they go unless they be sent? There's a covering in the church. You're starting a business. You're not starting it with just a Facebook post. You're starting it with a group of people that'll, that'll be behind your business and see the thing through to completion. There's a covering in church plus spiritual covering. Even in the Bible it says if you're sick, go to the elders. The elders will pray for you and that prayer will heal the sick. So there's a spiritual covering in Scripture that I began to realize. You cannot, you're not, just because you show up at church doesn't mean you have a covering. It's when you're submitted to that place that there's a supernatural covering that comes. That's a benefit. Come on. It's not a hardship. It's not like, oh, God, i got to submit to authority. It's a blessing. When you belong to a place and you listen to the advice and you go in obedience, then there's something supernatural and tangible from heaven that's released. You'll see it. But Chaplain Bob was in the first service. Chaplain Bob has died literally three times since he's been with us. Legally dead and has came back. And he told us, he said, man, I'm the poster child for this church. Because every time he'd be on his deathbed, he'd reach out. I would call him. I would pray over him. And within hours, he'd see a turnaround. Am I this great prayer warrior? No, it's because he, he says, you're my leader. You're my spiritual covering. You're my pastor. And I'm going to say, when you declare it, it happens in my life. And what happens? exactly what he says. Come on, somebody grab this right now. You have a spiritual covering. A spiritual covering. There's intercession that takes place in a church where people will have you on their heart that you don't even know you're on their heart and you're sitting there stressed about what to do, trying to get through, stirring yourself up in faith and you don't know that God's already assigned 10 people that are at home fasting for your breakthrough. And you wonder, how are these things happening? As we say at the River Claremont, things accidentally work out good for us. When we fail to plan, He doesn't fail to plan. The the arrogance it takes to think you've got to figure out life and do everything perfect to see success is not a kingdom principle. A kingdom principle is stay submitted, stay rejoicing, and honor the Lord, and watch what God will make happen in your life if you just grab a hold of the benefits of serving the Lord. They were our benefits. Come on. Prayer warriors, intercession. Think about when Peter was in prison. He was arrested. He was going to stand trial the next day. And every time they stood trial, they basically were killed. So you're talking about the last day of your life locked up in a prison cell with handcuffs and chains on. So it's not just the cell. You're chained to the seat with a locked cell and guards outside, last day on earth, really trying to cultivate faith in this hour, just telling you you felt like your back's up against a wall. Try being in that wall. And what happened? The Bible says that the church prayed earnestly. Shout earnestly. Earnestly earnestly in other words he's in there like god you better move but he didn't know there's a household packed of people that have drawn up the sleeves and went to work and said god bring peter out and what happened an angel walks in the place the guards don't see it they're knocked out chains fall doors open and he walks straight out into the place knocks on the door and they don't even they're like how are you even here the servant woman comes back and says, the ghost or the spirit of Peter's here. Can't be Peter. He's in prison. That's what we're praying about. I don't know about you, but that's the, that's I want a family that prays those things through. You know what I'm saying? I want a family that if I'm in a plane and that plane decides to have an engine malfunction, I want to belong to a family where at least 30 people can wake up and begin to pray me through. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody in here ever faced something that you even as Kenneth Hagin would regularly say a man of faith so there was times in prayer services that he would say I don't have the faith for that miracle yeah. There are things you have faith for and things you really don't yeah. If you're honest with yourself people yeah. like I have great faith there's some things I lock in and I'm like ah oh, I'm going to see this and other things stupid things I'm like I don't know <laughs> God hell I just I've never seen you do that you're like, like you know, Betty Downer there all of a sudden. You're like, go from man's faith of power to the next minute. You're like, I don't know if you can really do that. But how many people realize belonging to a family, there's someone that believes. I mean, you get sick. You don't want to be around people that are like, I don't know, I think it passed away with the apostles. You want to be around people that will line up. Man, I had cancer. It was driven out of my body. Come here. You want to belong to that type? There's a covering in. There's a benefit. Are you kidding me? I don't show up here because I have nothing else to do. I show up here because I want to be here because I love you because your beautiful face just sharpen me and challenge me. Come on, that's another benefit to church. Times when you're going through the funk, I've regular. I've showed. I've sewed up here before and I'm tired. I'm ran out. I'm like God. I don't know. You better move. And then in worship alone, the, the atmosphere this church brings of like, I'm sitting there like, I don't know, I don't feel good, to suddenly you hear people around you just roaring in praise. The glory of God fills the place. Now you feel like you can run through a troop and leap over a wall. You're like, ah, let me loose. And you didn't feel that way when you walked in there. That's not something you brought. It's something you brought. Your church family lifts you up. Come on. There are benefits to serving God, financial help there's a in the Bible it talks about the offerings would come in and they would help with the financial assistance of those in need i 've had times where I needed things yes. i 've had times where I had overflow, so i 've been a part of both ends, giving and receiving on this and let me tell you, both are a blessing, and both happen inside the church regularly. That's right. We have had to cover mortgages. And then watch those people where the Lord blesses them later and they came back and brought it. No one asked them to. And then you're able to help more people. I'm telling you, there's a covering in the church that has your back. And sometimes you need people to have your back. And God's there for you. And it's not something. Oh, and we went, when I told this in the 9 o'clock, when we went years ago to Baton Rouge when it flooded. How many people remember the great flood of Baton Rouge? Destroyed. I mean billions of dollars worth of property. Everything destroyed. I told you the testimony about Chick-fil-A, right? We're in, that, we're in a downtown strip. Every business is destroyed. Flood water up to 10, 12 feet up the building. And nothing, everything, for miles. Talking dealerships, cars flooded. At total destruction. Suddenly here's a line of traffic waiting. And as we drive up, what's this line going to? There's Chick-fil-A. McDonald's is destroyed. Arby's is destroyed. chick fil A's open. Never flooded. When we say it's the Lord's chicken, we mean it's the Lord's chicken. Amen. If you stay closed on Sundays, God will make every other day count for more. I was like, you look at the same elevation and everything. I was like, how did they not flood? They never flooded. We went in there and they're like, we never flooded. We've been busy. We can't even keep chicken in stock. But when we went there, we saw God do great things. Actually, we helped a family, a worship leader, and his household that their house was totally destroyed. They, they, they lost everything. They just bought it. I mean, it crushed them. They felt de- defeated. We went in, ripped out all the, all the drywall, got it down to the bones, dried out all the studs, bought all the insulation, bought all the drywall for them to redo. Then another church here in Tampa or in, in Orlando that knows us reached out to me, he owned a uh, kitchen company, he said, I'm going to redo their entire kitchen for free while I was there. So I told him they went ballistic. In six months, they went from a destroyed house to a brand new inside and out, everything renovated, paid for by the church of multiple people. But we were going up and down the streets, we brought up tons of water, and we were giving water, and we were trying to get food to people, just snacks and stuff, because, I mean, the electricity was off for days. And so they didn't have anything, and so we're bringing water. And, man, you would have thought it would like look like a zombie movie or something, like just total destruction. Furniture piled up. It smelled awful. You know, if everything, anything in a flood, all the destruction, everything's just rotting on the streets. I mean, as far as the eye can see, every street corner you go down, just total destruction everywhere. And I was talking with people and praying with people and giving them water, and one guy said, he said, man, it has been incredible to see this. He said, 12 hours after the floodwaters receded, churches were in my, my, my uh, uh, right here in my neighborhood handing out food and handing out water. He said, I haven't even got a chance to get hungry or even think I'm hungry because churches have been here from the start and have met every need. He said, I don't even know. He's, before Red Cross, before anybody, the church was there. That's what you belong to. That's why I say we're the greatest financial resource on planet Earth. And we do it not because we get a grant, not because we get recognition. We do it because it burns in us to do this. We will go where no man will go, and we will show up, and we will pour out because the compassion of the Lord is in the church of Jesus Christ. It's a benefit to being in the church. There is financial assistance in the church. Times you'll need finances times that you can contribute to another person we bought people cars we buy and we'll do more we actually just bought a car we're getting it fixed up to get to bless a person right now what's what the church is all about amen it's awesome to belong to a church thank god for the benefits of belonging to the kingdom of god who in here is excited about it if you are shout amen And then discipleship, which I talked about that. That's one of the missions that Christ gave the church is we should be making disciples. That's why if you say, man, I don't feel like I'm discipled. Look at all the resources this church pours out. Kingdom business fellowship classes, financial peace universities, connect groups where they're teaching the word for men, for women, for married couples. We have tons of resources available for your kids. There's Royal Rangers and Missionettes that are here weekly. There's youth on Wednesday nights. Really, sometimes when people are like, I don't feel like there's resources it's because you're not showing up and doing your part. Yikes. But there's discipleship, kingdom business, sharpening people for business, everything, there's resources, but you can't be discipled unless you show up. Right. And then you'll never, then what we also look to do is pull that out of people. You've been serving God 20 years of your life. You have resources and knowledge and wisdom within you that you need to be pouring out into other people. Yep. So we try and give people an opportunity. We could, You can could structure a church many ways. We try and structure it and encourage people and give opportunities to people to pour out what God's poured into them. Why? Because we believe in this. You need to be discipled. And you need to grow to the place that you're discipling other people. Yeah. Right, I was in a large church in South Florida in Miami years ago, 6,000 members. It's a massive church. And a lot of people say they don't like megachurches because they don't feel like they belong. You can belong in a megachurch just as much as you can belong in here because it's relationship-driven. And I was in the bathroom washing my hands when a young man, must have been 19 years old, was talking to another young man in his 19, 20, around the same age, and he said to him, man, I, uh, I saw you when you pulled in the parking lot. You're right in with that girl again. What did I tell you? You don't need to be alone with her. You're not married. You want to do this right before the Lord. You don't want to give any place to the devil and do not have the appearance of evil. And I was sitting there in awe. This is a 6,000-member six, 6, church. It's a mega church. And in the bathroom in the back, someone's instructing a peer about righteousness. That's it. There's a lot of Christians don't even know how to live righteous. The Bible says do not give place to the devil. Yes. You avoid the appearance of evil. Billy Graham lived his whole life, was brought up, raised up to speak into nations. Yes. Billy Graham, an evangelist of the gospel, was sent into North Korea to convince them to not have nuclear weapons. We didn't send in an ambassador. We didn't send in a statesman. We sent in a preacher. Yeah. And the preacher got the job done. Because he carries goods the world doesn't carry. And you see that discipleship is one of the strengths of the church. That the church is there to see before you even make a mistake and give you the wisdom to walk through it right. Walk righteous. Walk upright. Call you to the table. Amen. Don't sell your soul for momentary satisfaction. But in a perverse world, you need other people around you to remind you not everybody is drinking the Kool-Aid right now. There are some people living righteous. If you believe that, say amen this morning. Amen. What other people carry can come upon you. That's discipleship. What other people paid a price for, they can give freely to you. It's awesome, the benefits of serving the Lord. A third benefit of belonging to the church is you become more fruitful and effective. Through the, what we're talking about, a family you belong to in discipleship, you become more fruitful and more effective in your life. When you come to church, You may be doing this, but God will amplify and multiply it. Scripture literally says, if two or more are in agreement concerning anything, it shall be established on this earth. You belong to a church family. When you get in agreement with church people, with your family behind you, there are benefits that you will literally see God move heaven and earth on your behalf. The world thinks we're crazy. The world calls us nuts. We call it favor. They call it luck. But guess what? It's strange how luck always flows in the church. And if you want to call it that, I'll take the luck of the, heavens, of the heavenly realm any day over the luck of this world. Yeah. It's but more effective. you become an instrument that is tailored, crafted from God, sharpened with discipleship, poured in the gift of faith, the word about you, sharpening you and to believe and to declare and see God multiply your life in all areas. You can come in with a good marriage and end with a great marriage. You can come in with a bad marriage and end with a great marriage. Everything in your life gets more fruitful because that's the kingdom principle of belonging to a church family where you become more effective. A thou, one can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. There's a godly synergy in the church that takes place that benefits all areas of your life, financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically. You will be better overall. And I'm sorry it's so hot. I am sweating like, a, like crazy too, but thank God for these new shirts that don't show it. Amen. Else I also have like a whole black streak right here. Whew, what are we doing? Preaching out in a pavilion right now? I don't know. Anyways, we're just challenging you guys for Africa. Will you go to the nations of the world where there is no air conditioning? Those with the good heart will be sent. But it's, you become more effective. I'm trying to think of good examples, but ultimately I've just seen, even that goes back to spiritual covering. You know, we've seen times in our life where it's like you're plowing, you're plowing, you're plowing, and then you get a word from people in your life above you that have, that have gone before you. Word of advice or just a word of encouragement. And the very thing they declare over you, Even though you've been pressing in for it regularly, it's like it's released upon your life in a greater dimension. It's a spiritual realm that's released in the church of God when you are submitted to the things of God. Amen. The synergy of the kingdom of heaven is a very real thing. And it's it's unexplainable, but it's true. You walk in it, you talk in it, and you see, man, God, you're actually doing, you're moving things on my behalf, and it becomes easy when you grab a hold of the things of God. To where it's not a striving, I'm not stressed out all the time, I wake up and the blessings of God overtake me. There is multiplication in the kingdom of God. If you're going to start a business, you're going to do this, you're going to go on ministry, you want to belong to a church family that can pray things through and declare things over you. Another benefit even of becoming more effective and more fruitful is confirmation that exists in the church. Yes. You know, the number one thing people ask for is direction. Yeah. Always. That's what every believer, doesn't matter, every walk of life, every church I've been in, you give an altar call who's believing for direction in their life, 85% of the church runs for it regularly because we're trying to get it right for God. It's from a good heart. Are you with me? I mean, who in here desires? I want to do what you want me to do, God. I don't want to miss your voice. Confirmation exists in the church. People that hear the voice of the Lord will come to you and confirm major things to put you at that place of absolute faith, like Abraham had, where you're fully persuaded. You're fully, you are believe, you're going for it, but then confirmation comes, and you're like, "Then I knew I heard the Lord. <laughs> yeah. You know what that does to a person? It's one thing when you're trying to be in faith, but all these things come, and you're trying to decipher, do I need to stand my ground and push through, or did I miss God, and that's why all this is happening? Anybody ever been in this place? Come on. You're like, oh man, I stepped out in faith and all hell's breaking loose. I must have missed God. And then someone in the church grabs you and says, You are right where you're supposed to be, right when you're supposed to be there, says the Lord. You're like, Fire. That means more to you than it it means, I mean, it just gives you that peace, that clarity. Man, I didn't miss God. And he heard me. When I was in question, he found someone to give me the confirmation I needed to stay steadfast. And when that confirmation comes, it's almost the agreement too. once again, two or more come agreements, something's released, and the very thing you need to break through, you just broke through with. Benefits to belonging to church. Thank God for a strong church family. Amen. If you don't have a strong church family, if this is the first Sunday you've ever been here before, join a church. Get knitted in there. Don't be the person that jumps from church to church and never belongs to a family. You don't show up at random people's homes on your block and say, may I eat dinner with you tonight? And then the next day, another person. And the next day, you find a family you belong to. Then when you show up unannounced, they open the door and they let you in because they actually know who you are. You with me right now? You become more effective. Multiplication in the kingdom of God. People pray for you. People declare things. People prophesy. And God blesses those that belong to his kingdom in great dimensions. It's a heavenly synergy that comes upon a person. And I've seen, I can't even describe it, so to speak, but I've seen, I remember years ago, many, many years ago, when I first launched in the ministry, so it had been nine years, ten years ago, I was preaching. And when I was in Bible college, I remember regularly in worship in Bible college, I, would, I didn't, for one, get a lot of times to be in church because I was always serving. So whenever I did get in church, I mean, I pressed in with all of everything I had. I was hungry for God. I love hungry people. And so I was pressing in and worshiping mean regularly whenever I had the chance, and I'd have my eyes closed. And I remember I would be just singing, just worshiping the Lord, going for it, even though I can't sing well. And then I would feel like the presence of God intensified. You know what I'm saying? You ever felt that you can hear, you feel it regularly in our worship. There's like a place we get that sounds good, and then there's like a place that's like, boom, and you're like, ooh, that place. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you're like, we just hit somewhere. And you like, swear you're hearing angels or something, yeah. you know. And there's like another instrument. Is there a trombone playing because I don't see a trombone on the stage? Yeah. It's a heavenly realm. And I remember being in in, in school and then in worship, and I'd be worshiping, and I would feel that, and I would open my eyes, and Dr. Rodney would have walked onto the stage, my pastor, at that moment. It's like the moment he stepped in, those that were even worshiping with great talent went to another level. I mean, like a supernatural level. So flash forward to my, I'm I'm year one preaching, this is my first year in full-time ministry, I walk into a church we're going to do a week-long revival with, and the worship leader's up on the stage. It's a woman, and she's got her microphone, and she's like literally, I'm not, I don't try and be vulgar in church, but she's like vulgarly dancing with the microphone in church. And I look at her in the middle of worship, and she flicks her tongue at me like a snake, like that. And I was like, did I just see that? Like she's the worship leader. And she flicks her tongue at me. So I looked at the person beside me. And I was like, did you? They were like, oh, I saw that. So I'm like, I'm like a traveling minister. This is not my church. What do you do? What do you do in this place? And I stood up to preach. And the Lord told me, I want you to preach on the fire of God. And when the fire is, demons can't sit in the church any longer. And I preached that message. I stood in front of her. This only happened a handful of times in my ministry. She, she got up in the middle of my preaching, went behind me, packed up all of her stuff, and left the church in the middle of the service. So effectively, I just destroyed their worship team. And you're the traveling man. Day one, this was Sunday morning. You know. Now you know. As you're preaching, you're like, I'm going to preach a long time because I have a meeting after this with the senior leadership that I'm going to have explaining to do. Right? Because your worship leader just walked out in a very um, physical way. And so they did. They came to me. It was an elder-driven church. Didn't even believe in women pastors and all of this stuff. I didn't know all of these things. Sat me down. What just happened? She's very angry. She basically cussed you out. She didn't basically. I know she dropped four-letter words. She didn't even say. And I said, look, the Lord has already put in this house what you need. And I'm going somewhere with just the spiritual becoming more effective. And what you sit under gets upon your life. So I was there when Pastor Rodney would step on the stage and that worship would go to another level. But I had never had it happen before. Now I run out of worship leader. I look at the senior leadership. I say, God has the person in the house. He's already on the worship team. He's just playing guitar. His name was Viliami. He was a Fijian guy from Fiji. I didn't even know his testimony this time. But a young man, I'm talking dirt poor in Fiji. No money, no shoes till he was 25 years old or something. Nothing. Standing on a field in Fiji, looks up and the power of fire of heaven comes shooting from the sky and drilled him. He hit the ground on the, in, the, in the midst of a rice field, saw the globe, saw it spinning, saw Alaska illuminated. He didn't even know what Alaska was and booked a flight. Believe God, God brought in the funds for a guy that had nothing to show up in Alaska burning with the fire of God with a guitar and a desire to worship God. That night, he leads worship. I step in the stage. The presence of God was like, whoo. Place got ballistic. You drive out every demon, and you bring the glory of God back in the place. Belonging to a church means you belong to a place that's safe. The devil cannot lay out and just manipulate. When a true church, he's exposed. Just as where Jesus was, and the demons would cry, it gets exposed in a true church. You got someone you're interested in, ladies, bring them to church. If the guy suddenly has IBS and can't sit for three minutes and leaves (laughs) the service 25 times, there's lurky things in there that you don't want to bring into your house. Are you with me this morning? Either get set free or break the relationship off. But I'm not tying my life to a person that gets uneasy in the presence of God. When the presence of God fills the place, that's when I have the most peace, the most joy. I'm in the zone. Don't mess with me. Don't you love people that aren't there in the zone with you and they come up and you're like, the presence of God, and they're like, hey, man, you know, we were thinking about, uh, you know that Monster Energy drinks are a buck off right now? Where are you? Who cares? But there's an Amplification. So it's like you sit under a ministry long enough, things get deposited into you that you don't know is even deposited into you. It's like the time I went to South Africa and I get a call in my hotel room from a, from a lady that was on the, on the road with us. I was helping Pastor Rodney do soul winning training. She calls and says, run down to the lobby and meet me at this um, convention room. I walk into a convention room. There was 300 African people all sit at tables. They have official IDs on. I walk in the room, and they they see me walk in the room, and they were like, oh, here he is right now. All the way from the United States of America, here's a young grief counselor that's going to tell us how the Americans deal with grief. Come on forward, sir. I'm like, what is happening? I was sitting in my hotel room. I walk up, 300 people are looking at me. How do you deal with grief in the United States of America? So I, I take the microphone. I mean, you talk about shaking, like, and you're just looking at the person that sets you up, like, I will kill you, resurrect you, and kill you, and resurrect you after this. But you don't realize what's being put in the inside of you. The kingdom of heaven is like a seed. It's deposited within you. And when you need it, it's suddenly there. Remember, 300 people blinking at me. And I grabbed that microphone. And I was like, let me tell you how we deal with grief in America. The first thing about grief is people are filled with the question, what's next? I'll tell you what's next. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. We in America always lead people to Jesus. Because how many people know he's the only way to heaven? And now you got 300 grief counselors going, Amen. Amen. I lead them all to the Lord. I'm like, this is how you do it. Lead them to the Lord. Then I encourage them. Then I'm like, now God will fill you with a spirit of hope to bring them hope. And they're like, ah, now you're having revival. Women falling out in a grief counseling meeting because it's on the inside of you. Stood in a prison where a guy had preached for 20 years in a prison service, gave me five minutes at the end. The prison guards are there. You can't even reach the prisoners And I stand up, and in five minutes, the presence of God breaks out of the place. The prisoners are falling out. They're laying hands on each other. The guards start getting hit by the power of God. I was at another prison, a women's prison. The presence of God fills this women's prison. They ran forward for prayer. I watched the guard in the back get hit by the power of God and fall out with his gun. And this is like, okay, this is not good. But God took over. How many people realize when God takes over, you don't need a gun, you don't need a chain, God's in the place, everything that happens will be by the divine order of God. He's not a God of confusion, and if he lays the guard out, it's because he's got this thing in the back. But it's talking about you, when you serve, when you get into a church family, these things come in your life. You're not just sitting here every day like a bobblehead. Something's getting deposited in you. And before long, you'll face something in life. You'll go meet a storm. You'll be moving in faith. And things will come from your spirit, man, that when they're released, you'll know, man, that has power behind it. Because it gets in your life. That's the effectiveness and the multiplication that exists in a church. Things get amplified. And then the last benefit of belonging to a church is you are guaranteed success. Did you know that? That God guarantees your success because he said, Jesus himself said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prosper against it. Right, come on, come on we, oh, we don't have fear. Are you kidding me? What is there left to fear? Because my God has defeated every enemy of man, trampled under his feet, and the same power, the same authority he has given unto the church of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, say amen. You're guaranteed success in the church by God, not by man, not by Father Christmas, not by a lottery system, but by God who cannot lie. says that hell will not prevail, and it may feel like hell's right at your door. And you're like, God, you said it won't prevail. It's looking like it's prevailing, but God will come in in the midnight hour, and what seems like a tear down will be a breakthrough in Jesus' name. I prophesy you are not going under. You will never go under because the glory of God is on the inside of you. And when you lift your voice to worship, things are moved in the spiritual realm. You cannot fail in Jesus' name because you belong to the church of Jesus Christ. And the devil knows that. That's why his greatest tactic is to pull people from the church. Look at all the lies of hell. Get offended. Or the church is pagan in its rituals because they put up Easter bunnies and they have trees. It's a tree. Get over it. Trees are in nature. No, really. You get people that go on that train because the devil knows if he can convince them that the church is flawed, he can pull them out the door, and then they're sitting in their righteous throne telling you everything wrong with the church. A year later, they're not even serving the Lord. No, I will rather take the flaws of the church. You can throw an Easter bunny in front of me. I don't care if his name's Harold. He ain't the key to Easter. The key to Easter is Resurrection Sunday. He's alive. He's well. He's the one that gives life. But I'll give my kid a little chocolate egg because he ain't going to hell with a chocolate egg. He's going to heaven with a chocolate egg. Amen. Amen. Cadbury, Creanfield all the way. Double dog dare. Yeah, I have a Christmas tree. Yeah, it's got ornaments on it. And yes, I know the meaning of Christmas is not gifts, it's Jesus Christ. Why do you think the world is the happiest at Christmas time? Because it's the season of joy, because suddenly secular businesses are playing music that glorifies the King. Hey, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. And I don't need a holiday to celebrate who he is and what he's done. Amen. He's with me all the time, every time. Amen. And devil, you can take your stinking lies, you can roll them up and you can toke that stuff. Because I ain't letting it in my house. I belong to the church. She is flawed. She does do stupid things. Sometimes she has bad breath. Sometimes there's shifty people in the church that steal your wallet when you went to church. But guess what? The enemy steals it, he's got to pay back sevenfold. People are like, man, that really encourages me this morning. As you pull your purse a little bit closer. Church is full of people. It's not that we're perfect. It's that we serve a perfect God. And we stay unified in that. And unity in the church is a powerful tool thanks for listening to river claremont's podcast we pray you were greatly blessed by this message if you'd like to keep up to date with what's happening at the river claremont church visit us at riverclaremont.com